Welcome to Aligned Attraction, the go-to intimacy podcast for powerful women. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Lee Noto, master intimacy coach and psychedelic therapist, and I help powerful women like you unleash your wild feminine power so you can create heart-throbbing love. Each week, you'll hear from me and other experts on love, sex, and relationships, and I'll also coach women like you to create the most delicious transformation in their love lives. You ready? Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Way of the High Priestess. I am so excited to have this guest on today's show. I was recently on her podcast, and we had a very juicy conversation about so many things, in particular, sexual healing and our sexual healing journeys. So today, we're going to be diving into sexual healing to conscious uncoupling and the closing of relationships and what that journey looks like to talking about this concept, this idea of it can be easy and how to really embody that. So today I'm really excited to have Lauren Megan on the show. She's an embodiment and leadership coach, a healer, a conscious mother, definitely want to get into that, (laughs) partner, speaker, and podcast host of the Lauren Megan show. She uses modalities like Reiki, somatics, and the Akashic records on the quantum field. She heals and coaches women to embody conscious pleasure, purpose, and impact. And her mission is to help women heal, unravel, and decondition from the beliefs and generational traumas that keep them from speaking their truth, owning their purpose, and receiving the endless amounts of orgasmic bliss they deserve. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) That's so great, girl. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Lee. I'm so excited. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, where do we begin? Let's just, let's, let's talk about the really juicy stuff first, because this is a continuation of our conversation from your show Mm -hmm. where we talked about sexual healing and tapping into our sexuality as an avenue to healing. Can you just share what that journey has been like for you? either, you know, the, the moment where you had your like deep reconciliation to where you are now, like, what was that like for you? Yeah. So I think I have to like go back a little bit to like how I was raised. So I was raised in a Catholic household. Um, I went to Catholic school for 13 years and, um, I was raised by very like strict Spanish parents. So the talk of sex never really happened. I think my mom read a book to me about, like, I vaguely remember it being about a man and a woman who laid in bed together and then the woman got pregnant. And I was left like, what, (laughs) what happens in that process? Um, So me like exploring sexuality as I entered middle school and high school, it felt very taboo, taboo and shameful. And I was introduced to porn at a really early age. So a lot of what I learned was from the porn industry. Um, And with that, like kind of uh, expanded out that shame. And I don't think I fully healed it. Um, And I don't know if I've fully healed it at this point. 
Um, but it wasn't until I got pregnant with my daughter where I started to connect to the sacral and I started to really understand that, you know, the sacral and the womb not only creates a baby and creates life, but it is life force energy. And that's where the Shakti stored. So, um, I made a very, um, big decision when I was pregnant to have a natural birth outside of a hospital. And I got a lot of backlash for that. And a lot of people who told me I wouldn't be able to do it. And I trusted my body and I trusted myself. And um, I did. I mean, it was a very hard, it it was a hard experience. Um, And it was a lot of me leaning into myself and surrendering, which I think we're going to talk about a lot with like the ease and the surrendering. But through the birth experience itself, I was in labor for... 32 hours in total. Um, I was in active labor at nine centimeters for about 12 hours, um, which is pretty unheard of. I don't know many women who have been in active labor at nine centimeters for that long. Um, And I hit this point where I basically was like giving up on myself and I was experiencing like pretty intense back labor. So basically Sometimes babies like to do little twists and turns inside of us as we're delivering. And my daughter, I should have known then, but my daughter decided to flip on me. And um, yeah, I had very intense black back labor and I was in the water and I was telling my midwife and the birthing assistants and my doula, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. You need to send me to a hospital and like cut me open and just get this baby out And my midwife looked at me and she was like, you have to stop fighting your contractions. She's like, you're fighting your baby. You need to lean back and surrender. And I remember leaning back in the water. And for whatever reason, my contractions stopped for a few moments. And my partner, um, my now ex, um, just like basically told me like I was mumbling a bunch of stuff. And I like dozed off for a minute. But what I remember from that experience is that I leaned back in the water and I connected with Mother Mary, Jesus and God. And I basically told my daughter, I was like, I'm ready for you. Like, it's time. I'm ready to meet you. And after that, it was time for me to push. Yeah. So that was, that was like the first like real experience of this is what the healing is going to be. This is what the work's going to look like is this process of surrendering and trusting and leaning in. And, um, that's what I've continued to do. So after birth, I mean, that's a trauma within itself on the female body and the system. Um, and although I had a lot of support, I felt alone a lot and there's a lot of disconnect that began to happen. I mean, it was happening previously, but with my partner and myself after the baby was born. And I really had to take like ownership of my sexuality and ownership of my pleasure. And, um, I began to heal. Like I began to self-explore and not in a way just to like get off, which I think used to be what masturbation was to me where I would just like get off. And it was like something to release. And I never even felt satisfied where I really began to tap in and lean into self-pleasure for the purpose of pleasure and connection with me. Um, And through that process came a lot of clarity and a lot of self-liberation and where I am now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was 
tearing up as you were sharing that story. That's, that is, I mean, a religious experience. And I mean, separate from religious bodies, but an experience of God, of oneness, of absolute surrender. I want to go in so many different directions. Um, Wow. Thank you, first of all, for sharing that story. That's incredible. What what does your self-pleasure ritual look like now? Because I, you know, so many people talk about self-pleasure and I think there's still a vagueness to it for a lot of women because self-pleasure is equivalent to masturbation. You, yeah. you go in, you get it done and you get out and you move on with your day. But what does that look like? Because I want to, I want to talk about the bigger picture of what taking ownership and agency of our sexuality and pleasure looks like, but let's start with the practical, like on the ground level. What does that look like for you? Yeah. So my favorite way, I mean, being a mom and a business owner, you have to be like really intentional with pleasure and incorporating that into your day to day. And the first thing that's really downloading in is I started to practice in the shower and not and not to, you know, orgasm, but just to feel in my body. Like I felt so disconnected from my body. And I also think that that's why my labor experience was so long because I didn't fully trust my, like as much as I can say, I trust myself. There is definitely this resistance that I had within myself. Um, so I, I created a, a very beautiful and sacred like shower ritual that I do pretty much every day where I lather my body, um, I'll dry brush. I have music playing and it's always like really central music and just, just something to remind me to connect in. And then I lather myself while I'm in the shower with coconut oil and I give myself, you know, a breast massage and I touch my body and I touch my belly which for those of us that um, either struggle with body issues or shame around the belly space and especially to the moms who have seen the growth and the contraction and what's left after, um, I found that to be really healing. But I allow myself just to like touch and feel my body. And I also tap into um, wherever I feel like stuck or resistance to being. So I'll do some breath work in there. I have a really fun, um, like Shakti. Like I, I basically, I don't know how to explain this, but I put my arms up against the wall and I allow the water and I like visualize this light coming through with the water and it it's clearing out, um, the base of my spine to really allow like the Shakti to come up. Um, so it's very like intentional. It's something I've just like created for myself and for whatever reason, like someone out there is going to do this and they're going to really experience pleasure. Um, but then also I, I'm very intentional, like with my daughter and receiving pleasure, like just by being with her and being a mom, cause it can be very mundane and it can be very hard just to, um, and you know, like just taking time to sip tea and, and enjoy the warmth. And then when it gets to like the self-pleasure for orgasm and to experience like the sexual energy, um, 
I use a yoni wand and that's super healing and it's helped clear out a lot of energetic blocks and it's helped me release a lot of emotions. Um, And again, that's a really sacred practice. I make sure I have space where I'm not going to be interrupted. Um, And then from there, I allow myself to experience orgasm and um, not, not to get to a destination, but just to like receive the whole experience if that makes sense. Um, So there's so many different ways where we can really like infuse this pleasure practice into our day-to-day. And I think that helps, especially for those of us who maybe haven't had the best experience when it comes to sex within itself. Because I actually have been reflecting on this. I used to cling and like grasp, especially like during intercourse where I was just, my whole body would tighten up and I couldn't figure out why. And it's because I held so much there and it didn't feel safe. So I really have grounded into creating safety in my body. And then from that space, being able to experience the pleasure. Yes. (laughs) I, I'm grateful that you talked about a non-sexual self-pleasure practice and a sexual self-pleasure practice. I think it's very easy to lump them all together and not recognize that we can receive so much pleasure in a shower, in spending time with our little ones or loved ones, in going for a walk. And we can also experience sexual pleasure. And the it stood out to me the way you said it. You said, I allow myself to experience orgasm. There's an allowance. It's not, I, I make myself come or, and that's cool too, that, yeah. but there's a, there's a surrender even in that. And a trust that if I allow myself to open the experience, whatever experience is meant to arise will arise within me. Yeah. And it's, oh yeah. Okay. So that there, you said a word earlier, or you were talking about trust and surrender in the birthing process specifically, and now in this context, what were, do you remember what some of the last thoughts you had were before you decided to surrender and lean back when you were giving birth to your daughter? Because, and I ask that because I've been at that ledge so many times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to fall over. And falling over into our limbic brain means death. Like we're going to die if we surrender. This is going to demolish us, destroy us, whatever it is, whether that's financially or professionally or romantically. What was it? What thoughts or feeling or experience allowed you to say, okay, I'm going to take the leap? And, And can that be transposed into everyday life? Yeah. I mean, it was such a, I had so, it was that is I was clinging so much to what was to come. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I was clinging to the outcome that I knew my, eventually she was going to have to come out somehow. And, um, that clinging, I mean, it's such a theme, like, and like, even as I'm saying that I'm like, this is a theme. I just wrote a whole post about it recorded my own, like a solo episode about this, but I like, to me, it it never fully felt safe to let go. 
And I think that that's really what it comes down to is, I mean, look, like I'm so grateful I had the birthing team that I had because it had to be reflected back to me first. I don't know if without the support of my doula and my partner and the midwife, especially her saying, I mean, those words will always stick with me. You're fighting your baby. And I've seen that theme happen my whole life where I just, I'm fighting to survive. I'm fighting to keep up. I'm fighting to receive pleasure. So it was letting myself kind of get to that edge and get to that point where it's like, there's nowhere to fight. Like there's nowhere to go from here. And the only choice you have at this point is just to lean back. That's the only choice. So now in life and business and all of it, there's always an edge that I get to. I think we're always going to edges and like kind of pulling ourselves through, but that's, that's the key right there is it, I no longer push through, I pull myself through and I let myself and, you know, my higher self and my soul self and all of it kind of guide me into the next layer. Um, so I would say that is how to learn how to let go and stop gripping and holding. And again, it all comes back down to safety, you know? Yeah, that's, you know, that's the word I've been playing with. And I'm, I'm literally wiping tears from my eyes because mm-hmm. this is just so timely right now because I'm, I'm in a place of great surrender. I'm stepping back from my work probably for a short amount of time, but there's so much significance in it because like you, I have fought my entire life to push through things. I have muscled through, I have used caffeine and, you know, most of the mechanisms I've, I've packed my schedule full. I've worked late nights. I've worked early mornings. I've worked for hours on end because I never had a real relationship with this embodied feeling of safety. There was, you know, there was the thought of it maybe, but the thought, even the thought of safety was future paced because I'm like, I will be safe when I have this much money or these many clients or this, it looks this way, or I'm this size or, you know, whatever it is. So what has been your experience? I think this is just such a, a deep deep topic that is so relevant to all women right now and all people, all beings. What is it like, can you put your finger on what allows you to relate to your safety? Like, where do you find, how do you recognize like, okay, doesn't matter what the numbers in the bank account look like I'm safe. Or if I have a partner or not, I'm safe. How did you navigate that? Um, like simple answer, I learned how to connect to my little girl because it comes down to her, you know, she's, um, our little girl or a little boy, um, however you identify. And just to clarify, that's separate from your daughter. This is your inner child. Yeah. This is your inner child. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, she shows up too, but, um, yeah, like she runs the show you know, and that inner child that lives within you, those are the patterns that you're living off of. So I had to learn how to, and I fought her too, and I still fight her as well. And there's parts of her, I just connected with like a 12 year old version of me and 
she was very angry and she was very like, she felt abandoned and alone. And it took a lot for me to see her and, you know, you're seeing her in your mind's eye. And at the same time, cause your body mirrors the mind, the mind mirrors the body. You're seeing her in your mind's eye, but you're also dropping into your body and you're seeing in your body where she is, where she's stored. And when you can access her and bring safety into her and connect with her, that's really where the surrendering happens. So for me, it was the constant showing up for that little girl who experienced a lot of emotional detachment from my caregivers, um, a lot of not feeling good enough or worthy enough, a lot of not being seen, a lot of only being seen for acting or doing a certain way. Um, So yeah, that, that was the biggest game changer to me is connecting to that inner child and that little girl. And it's a constant, especially in this season, like, you know, I'm in a season of great expansion and being able to hold myself in the both ends. I can hold myself in grief and deep levels of grief, grief that I didn't know I had. And at the same time, I'm calling in opportunities and I'm calling in like this, this really embodied level of safety and pleasure all at once. And I think that that's what gets to happen when we're willing to connect into the body. And, you know, I think mindset work is really powerful too. And I never want to dismiss that. But what I found in my practice, because I did all the mindset work and I'm still stuck and still like running these programs. What I found is that I all just is stored here in the body. So I pull everything into the body and I let myself experience the sadness and the rage and the hurt and the disappointment. And I let myself cry and feel and express. And it's so fascinating because the deeper I can hold myself in that, the more pleasure I feel. And I think that a lot of times we think it has to be either or, and it gets to be both. And it really like, and that's expansion energy. That's like when we're able to be in the quantum and manifest and leap is when we can actually like embody both at the same time. Cause I always thought like with mindset work, they teach, you can only experience one emotion or one feeling and the body you're experiencing everything. It's all happening in synergy at the same time. And you gotta be able to hold it and see it. Yeah. 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 Oh gosh. That's so, it's so juicy. Uh, There were, there were a few things you said that stuck out to me with Let's go back to the inner child for a moment because, you know, there are a number of people tuning in who are very familiar with inner child work. And for those listening, if you go back a few episodes, I have an inner child meditation if you want to just drop in quickly to access that place. But for you, Lauren, what's when you first started going to that place, like, visiting past parts of yourselves and past, you know, linearly, it seems like it's in the past, but what was it that connected you to your inner little girl and various parts of you, your 12 year old girl, your teenage girl, your early twenties girl, like what, what does that embodiment look like for you? So that for those listening, they can have a, a clear idea of how to access that if they're unfamiliar with this work. Yeah. So because it felt so unsafe for me to access that, I really had to lean on 
mentors and like safe healers. And I say safe healers because that safety had to be there for me. Um, and the first time, and I ended up training under her, I've been training with her for a year, like a year and a half now. And that's how I'm trained in somatic healing. Um, but my first experience of connecting to my inner child, I would couldn't close my eyes. And I looked at her and I was just like, I, I can't do it. And she sat there and she held the space until I finally closed my eyes and saw this little girl. And I just remember sobbing and crying. And um, at the time, my daughter was like a, a little over one. And um, that's who I connected to, like that little one-year-old. And I remember thinking she feels so alone. How does she feel so alone? And, you know, these memories kind of came through and I was so disconnected. Like I, I didn't remember my childhood. There's little pieces I would remember, but it was so unsafe to be there. So for me, because of, you know, the emotional trauma and the trauma that I experienced, um, and I would say the missed experiences that I have, because that's essentially what trauma is, I, um, I had to have a safe container first. And I see that a lot too, where people like will go into the inner child and there's um, like certain practices that I've seen where it's like, you see your inner child and then like, you're just left. So that safety, like someone to hold you, it's just like the sacred masculine. Like you need that container to hold you in order to be really like able to access that and to connect. So once I was able to do that, then that's when now I, I mean, it's, kind of like on repeat, but I really, I close my eyes. I, you know, wash away all, all the sensory and I just connect in. And a lot of times it's just me saying, saying I'm here, like I'm here, I'm present. I see you. And I'm seeing whatever versions coming online at that time. It could be the 12 year old. It could be the two year old. It could be the five year old or whatever it is. It could be college Lauren, who is really sad right? It could be all these variations. It could be the shadow part that's starting to come online. It's all these variations that can come, but what they want, what we desire more than anything is love. And through love, we have this ability to be seen, to be heard, and to be witnessed. So if we can give that to ourselves and to those parts that felt abandoned, just by that, just by touching our heart or touching our womb space, touching our body and saying, I'm here, I'm here, we're safe. And it's not an affirmation that you're saying, like, just to say it, it's like this felt sense of <sighs> I'm here and I'm not going to leave you and you're safe and whatever is to come, I will still be here. And you just breathe that in and you just be in that. And that's how you begin to alchemize this fear of surrender, this fear of letting go, this fear of the unknown. When we can see ourselves first and hold ourselves first. Yeah, that came full circle. Inner child work to alchemize the fear of the unknown and to learn how to surrender. It's it's such a simple yet profound practice. And I love how you describe that through the body. I have found such similar, th and, and the same words appear to me, I'm here. 
like those words appear to me every time. And through the body, we we start to like settle into that presence for all parts of us. And like you mentioned, even the shadow parts, especially the shadow parts, settling in and holding space for our jealousy, our defensiveness, our anger, our rage, our sorrow. I love that you also talk about touching ourselves. There's something that I have found so cathartic and I've I've done this many times because, you know, as adults, we operate and behave in a certain way that seems adult-like, mature, articulate, whatever. But so often there are parts of us, especially in conflict, especially in challenging situations where it's not, we're not fully there as adults. We're there as the children who are hurting in a previous situation that brought on a similar somatic experience, whether that was the experience of abandonment or betrayal or, you know, abuse, whatever, whatever it was. So there's something so special about touch. And often I will, I'll grab my opposite arm with my opposite hand as if I'm hugging myself and I'll just squeeze my arms and I'll just, I'll use words that a four-year-old could understand. Like I'm here. I love you. You're safe. I've got you. Nothing any more complex than that. So that that part of my body and brain can receive the message, can receive the feeling of safety and can receive my presence without some intellectualization of the process. And so that touch is so, so vital. Those, those loving, understandable, accessible words and the feeling just showing up as present to that experience where both the giver of the experience and the receiver and the witness, the witness of the experience as well. So, wow. Thank you. I, I just appreciate you sharing that. Awareness is so profound. Yeah. It's all healing. And the first step is awareness. And even through awareness, like that can be enough too. You know, I think that it's very, I, we were conditioned to over conceptualize and to make this very complicated. And I have a few like beliefs around that because that keeps us stuck and in the patterns and in the cycles, but it's really simple. It's really that simple of just connecting to the body and holding yourself and touching yourself and sitting like really like being in the fact that you're here, like you're present in this moment and that's enough. And that's what activates the, the sacred feminine, like that high priestess energy is what gets activated through that is the she's present aware compassionate bold she's all of these things in one she's the warrior and the goddess she's sensual and she has that little fighter in her you know and it's never too much it's always enough so i think when we can pull mm-hmm. that into you that just channeled in, but when we can pull that in too, that's really like how we begin to embody this high priestess that I believe all women get to access 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it's never too much. It's always enough. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, how many of us have been, have felt worried about being too much and it's, it's, it's always enough. It's never not enough because how many of us have also been in deep fear around not being enough? There's that, you said it's simple. Like we're, we're closing our eyes. We're touching ourselves. We're, we're just being there. Our presence is enough. I'd love to wrap up with that. Like this, this idea of it can be easy or it can be simple, right? It's what, as we're having this particular conversation, because of course, you know, people use all sorts of modalities. They read all, you know, all sorts of books, listen to podcasts, and it's wonderful. And there's this idea that it's like, it's got to be hard and arduous and we have to do all of our inner child work and heal all of our trauma and see all of our shadows before we can finally rest, finally feel okay and safe, finally receive pleasure. So this idea of it can be simple, just what comes up for you as we're talking about that? Um, instantly the fact that it's not a sprint, like we, this is a journey that we're on and I don't even want to say it's a marathon because then there's a destination, but it really is just this journey that we get to be on. And we like, there's so much power in just letting the body lead us and guide us. And, and I think that when we fully like connect in and I might be repeating myself here, but there's also a lot of power and repetition. Um, but when we can fully like connect into our body and let our body guide us through the next steps. And sometimes that is rest and that's healing within itself. There's seasons for everything, especially as women We're we're cyclical, we're always moving and we're always flowing with the season. So sometimes there's a season for rest And sometimes there's a season to like really take action and be seen. I think as women, we always get to be seen. We get to be seen in the rest. We get to be seen in the action. We get to be seen in the boldness. We get to be seen and crying and our sorrows and all of it. So it's really being gentle on our system, you know, being someone that's trauma informed and doing this work. There's a lot of um, marketing around quantum healing and quantum leaping and the quick fix. And I, our systems need integration and slowness, especially those of us who have experienced abandonment or trauma or hurts, which is most of us, right, at some level allow the space where you can, you know, maybe go in and then let it integrate. And then you go a little bit deeper and let it integrate. And then you go a little deeper and let it integrate. And you're always on time. It's always perfect. We're not rushing to anything. So yeah, that's what channeling in. And through that process, it gets to be easy. Through that process, you pull in the flow and the grace. But it's not easy if you're like when we're fighting and we don't have that container again, that like safe masculine container we're just chaotic. It's just this sporadic energy. What we want to do is pull our energy back into our body. So that feels held and supported. And then the flow comes, then the Shakti gets to rise and really, really magnetize. So yeah, that's, what's coming through. I love that. And you've had like these, just these 
little snippet sayings, like you're right on time. You're always on time. That's, that is this trust, trust for the process, trust for the great unknown that our human brains can't conceive of and trust for the greater wisdom and intuition that we hold within us that again, our, our ego can't conceive of. It's too big and too powerful for us to really know the full picture. And when we surrender into that trust and our timeliness and our enoughness, it can be easy. It can be simple. And I'm, I'm really excited to get a new, a new embodied experience with that as I take some time to, to go into that rest for myself, which I'm just so excited for. So, okay. As we, as we close here, what is something, whatever comes through for you that you would want all women to know? Like what was just top of heart for you? Mm. That when we soften, and I call this the holy softening, when we really soften and open and remove these layers and these protected armors and shields that we think we have to have, we just get to fully expand and we get to receive the pleasure and the liberation and that all of our desires are destined for us and that they're already here. They're already here. So we don't have to do anything. We're already here. Wow. Yes. It's, I can never hear that enough times. And I love just letting that soak in. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This is a beautiful conversation. I'm, I'm really pumped. I was actually, in addition to taking notes about, you know, things that you said, I wrote down a few names of women that I want to send your information to, I'm like, oh, they would just be perfect. Mm -hmm. This conversation is perfect for them. I'm so excited to share this episode and to connect you because I know so many women who are on this journey. So really, really excited to share you with, with my peeps. Speaking of how can people find you? How can they connect with you? Do you have anything happening right now that you want people to know about? So honestly, everything's open. I no longer felt good to launch things. Um, So I've allowed space for things to just be open in my business and um, I have a number of offerings, uh, intensives, one-off sessions, long-term coaching, in-person experiences. Um, So the best way to explore that would be my website, laurenmakin.com or you can connect with me on Instagram at laurenmakin.co and I would say go listen to our episode on my podcast as well because that was really healing for me as well um, so my podcast is the Lauren Megan show and it's funny because I held a retreat in March and we had our conversation like right after that and my high priestess energy really got channeled through and like activated in that experience, being able to hold this space for women 
and witness their activations and healings. And um, so I don't know, for, I felt like I channeled your energy without even knowing you in that experience. So it's very like full circle right now to be on your podcast where it's all about activating this high priestess energy. Um, but anyway, just connect with me on Instagram. <laughs> Long story short. Love it. No, that was such yeah. a great story. Oh my gosh. It's so wild because, you know, if we really knew all the ways in which we were all so connected yeah. and if we, you know, things are happening for us right now to set us up at a later point in time. And it's, it's all being, what's the word I'm looking for? It's all being, um, there's a, a word, but it, it's, it's all happening here for us. It's all being planned. It's all, uh, it's all yeah, being conspired. It's organizing everything for us. Like the ultimate event planner, the universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's literally what happened. It's so, I mean, when you really like take a second to like digest it, it's just like, wow, like we are such divine beings and we're so connected yeah. to the divine. And I feel like that could definitely be a part two of like, we get to access that like that divine energy and we are that universal oneness energy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very clear. I mean, and this has been the case for everyone that has been on my show so far, but having this conversation makes it even more clear to me that the only people I want to have on my podcast is people I want to be friends with. Like people that I want to have like on speed dial and be like, yo girl, guess what just happened? And we send each other voice notes and like, that's that's what I want the vibe of this to be is like people that are doing awesome shit in the world who want to talk about it in service to others and like those are my homegirls. Yeah. yeah, I love I love the voice memos. I'm like no, for the yeah. voice memos. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm receiving that because my my intent. I love. I've had to heal a sister wound so much. I went to private school. Mm-hmm. I went to school with very catty women and girls. I would say girls, not women. Um, but through like all this healing and connecting back into my truth, my body and my worthiness, I've been able to call in some of the most amazing, beautiful women. And it's, there's the competition's not there. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't want to say women supporting women because that's a little cliche, but it's just like, we just, we see each other. That's the best way to say it. Like we mm-hmm. see each other in all of it, the celebrations, the hurt, all of it. And so yeah. I'm grateful yeah. for, for that. Yeah. Me too. Yes, mm-hmm. girl. Celebrating. And other women get to hear that this is possible for them by listening to something yeah. like this and tuning in. So thank you for bringing that energy. Thank you for bringing yourself fully and your open heart. I'm so excited to share this out, which will be coming out very soon. So stay tuned. Um, and yes, I'll share all of your information in the show notes. Beautiful to everyone listening. I know you received so much value from this. Please go ahead. And if this is an episode that you resonated with, take a screenshot, share it on social media, tag Lauren, tag me, because we want 
other women to have access to this content and these conversations. So please share the love, pay it forward. And until next time, wishing you all so much love and good vibes. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to the show and spread the love by sharing this episode out on social media and to all the powerful women in your life. And if you're ready to play full out and create heart-throbbing love, hop on over to my website to see all the juicy ways you can do just that www.leenoto.com. Fellow wild woman, I appreciate you. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and all the good vibes.